0: Jesus said, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God, Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey, good Saturday
1: afternoon here in Chicago, AM 1160, Faith Marketplace Radio. I'm your host, Bob Lambert, with my co-host, Jennifer Villarreal. And uh, she's got a special announcement for us today, huh,
2: Jen? Yeah, I do. Well, hey, have you heard of the Global Leadership Summit? If not, you need to definitely check them out, globalleadership.org. And also, we want you to text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with the keyword GLS, and you're going to be entered to win a pair of tickets to the Global Leadership Summit. It doesn't matter where you're at. There's all kinds of satellite locations and uh, the big gathering here in um, Barrington. Yeah, Barrington.
1: Yeah, that's Going to be in 30 countries this year. Yeah. that's really fabulous. It's anyway. some good stuff.
2: And we also have discounts to tickets. Oh, yeah. So make sure you text us.
1: Yeah. Uh, did you give the, what's the discount? Uh, the Salem. discount
2: code is Salem19, but we want to give that to them when they text us, Bob. Ah, but that's okay. We gave it to them of now. Of
1: course, yes. <laughs> So now you got a lot of incentive to text us. Hey, listen, I can't wait to get at this. Uh, we have a, a Buckeye on today, which is my home state. Uh, but he's down south, one of my favorite cities by Cincinnati. I'd like to introduce you today to Sam Crowley. And Sam is the uh, owner and private owner of a organization called Every Day is Saturday. This is fabulous. Uh, this gentleman has one of the largest podcasts in the world, and uh, he's been doing this for quite a long time. So, Sam, welcome.
3: Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks so much.
1: <laughs> hey, Sam, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of a background about how did you grow up in a faith tra- tradition, or just how did you come to faith?
3: Well, how did I come to faith That's a great question. Yeah. Um, I was uh, a, a corporate guy, so I was all about myself, huge ego, uh, re- was really invested in myself in the corporate game down here in Cincinnati. It was 15 years in. And then um, my wife took me to a church. I was born and raised Catholic, so we just kind of stood up, sit down, stood up, sit down. That's kind of how I was raised. But I hadn't been to a church in probably 10 years, and she brought me to this uh, church here, Montgomery Community Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Baptist church at the time, since non-denominational, I still attend, and everybody was kind of just standing up and putting their hands up. And I said to my wife, I go, hey, we don't do that. <laughs> What's going on around this place? Like, where did you bring me? You know, and they got words up on the screen and all this. I go, we don't do this stuff in church, man. It's just crazy. <laughs> but so I sat in the back row and just observed everybody. I thought it was nuts and just, you know, it wasn't the right time. But uh, at the same time, I was going through a lot of transformation in my job and my life. I ended up quitting my job in that following year to kind of become an entrepreneur but I went broke I lost everything I lost 300 grand went bankrupt and I went and filed chapter 13 bankruptcy and I was still attending that church and slowly made my way from the back row to the middle row all the way up to the front row sitting right next to the pastor where I stayed for the next five years I was broken man I lost everything and it was that point in time I came to Christ and said I just, I can't do this alone man I just I can't I lost the ego I lost the money I lost everything wow but I gained I gained my faith I gained Christ it was awesome
2: Yeah. And that's really what it's about. And then things started to grow from there. What year was that, Sam?
3: 2005.
2: 2005. Wow. Wow. Well, tell us a little bit more about Every Day is Saturday and how that came about.
3: Yeah. Well, at the time also, my daughter, Madeline, um, she was three years old. It was just a few, probably right before the new year. So it was 2004. It was a it was just around that time I was having these thoughts about why am I doing this? Why am I here? Why am I chasing the money? Because the higher I went up the corporate ladder, the, the more hollow I felt. I was just, I was just I always thought the next rung was going to be the best rung. Like I was going to have so much more purpose mm-hmm. in my life. And it was the opposite. So my daughter asked me one, one night, I got home from work. It was a Monday night. I remember it was just a cold November evening in Cincinnati, Ohio. I was making that trek up I-71 on my way home. And I got home and went to Tucker in that night It was about 8 o'clock, and she said, Daddy, it's tomorrow Saturday. And I said, no, it's not Saturday, honey. Why do you ask? She said, well, that's the only day I get a chance to see you is Saturday because you're always working. So mm. I said, hey, that's enough for me. <laughs> I, so I said, you know what? Someday, honey, every day will be Saturday. I, I, I promise you that. So it's kind of one of those things that promise a father makes to a daughter, and I kept it. You know, in the sense that I did quit my job. It wasn't exactly this linear line trajectory I wanted it to be going up. But, uh, I, you know, my kids, none of them, now I have four daughters total, none of them have ever seen me go to a job. And, and, and look, I'm not anti-job. Let me get that out of the way. I'm anti-going to a job that you absolutely hate just because you want to chase money. So my daughter asked Daddy tomorrow, Saturday, and that's how it all started. Every day is Saturday.
2: Wow, that's beautiful. I think Bob and I can relate to that too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Chasing after that dollar, I, yeah. I know I did that for many, many years, and nothing would fill that void. Only Jesus Christ can do that.
1: Yeah, and and I chased that before I, you know, came to the Lord. So, mm-hmm. uh, but coming after coming to the Lord, it's uh, been a big change for me. Yeah, also exactly same here. Hey, Sam, you know, during this time, you you touched on a little bit some of these challenges, and it sounds like God had you got your heart a little bit, you know, back in 'oh five. What uh, or 504, uh, you know, what was that like, you know, as far as going through these kind of challenges, you know, walking away from a job, all that steady money, the security, losing money. What what was some of those, what was that sort of like for you? I mean, can you express to our audience what you were feeling?
3: It's challenging because you feel alone from the secular world. And although Christ, we all know, is all that we need, it's difficult. It's not like you just say, okay, I'm going to go, fo- at least not for me. Maybe I'm the only one, maybe I, maybe I'm the only one that's ever said, Hey, I'm going to go follow Christ and was never met with resistance. You know, <laughs> but um, it was very weird and different to how people viewed me. I lost a lot of friends. Uh, I lost a lot of business relationships. And even recently, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not shy. It's not that I'm out there preaching the word in all of my emails and everything like that, because I mainly coach entrepreneurs and people how to go through massive transition. But, You know, I I sent an email out to my list. I'll give you a perfect example. Most recently, just about a year ago, I sent an email out to my list, and I mentioned my faith and God and how it's transformed my life, and I lost upwards of, it had to have been over 5,000 email addresses, and I don't have a very big list. It's not like I'm out there with one of these big 100,000-person lists or anything like that. I probably lost 50% of my email database Mm -hmm. just by mentioning my faith in God, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... That's always been there, um, because when you're a speaker or a trainer or a seminar leader and your message is global, you're, you're hitting people on six continents in over 100 countries, and it doesn't resonate well. So I think when I first started, not much has changed in the sense that the secular world is still very resistant, if somebody is out there being bold in their faith. And also, the good news is, the people who want to hear that message, that need to hear that message, and, and, and they want to hear it, they, they love it, because they're like, wow, that is refreshing that somebody's bold enough out there to share their faith. So it's kind of, you know, you get both of it, but I always try to focus on the positive like everything else.
2: Well, what would you tell somebody that is kind of sitting on the fence about sharing more and incorporating their faith in their work, but they're afraid of losing half of their email list or turning people away? What would you tell them in that situation?
3: I get it. I get it. Look, let's let's not try to be perfect and say we all don't have a mortgage to pay. Okay, and we don't have a car payment, and we don't have kids in college and school and things. So I get it, I get it. We want to we want to make sure we can still run a business, but I also say, you think that there that God would be so cool that He could give you a dream and not give you the tools to realize that dream? They're like you think God would put a thought in your head to go be a public speaker, like myself, who happens to be an ex-stutter, by the way, and was also bankrupt at the time. I mean, I had. Every reason to fail. Do you think God would give somebody like me a dream and then not give me the tools to realize that dream? So, you can you can be shy in your faith. I just don't like how that story ends, though. I just don't like how that ends. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. we all well, gotta we you know, we're all to go to the you know last I saw ten out of ten people die a natural death here on earth and something's gonna happen after that. I'd rather be bold in my faith now because I really. I think the story gets a lot better after that point. Yeah,
2: exactly. Well, you also went through another challenge with Susan. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, our youngest daughter now, she's going to be five years old next month. She was born five years ago this summer at one pound. Uh, my wife delivered at 24 weeks. And Susan spent 221 days in Children's Hospital. She was wow. given very little chance to live. It's it, Like after the first day, they're like, hey, just stick around, say goodbye to her. She's not going to make it. And even if she does make it, there's an 85% chance chance that she'll have a profound neurological disorder like cerebral palsy or something like that. But we stood on our faith and we went down to children's hospital every day for 221 days. She got a trach. She made it through the first month, nobody thought she would. The second month, nobody thought she would. She grew to three pounds, four pounds, five pounds, her eyes opened up. And then she got a trach uh in December that year, right around her four month birthday. So she came home on a ventilator after two hundred and twenty one days and we have no experience. We had all this hospital equipment in our home. We had a kid on a ventilator, a G tube, a trach. Uh, we had three older daughters that were teenage girls, but we prayed hard, man, and we didn't. Even, we didn't know. All we wanted to make it, you know, Bob and Jennifer. All we wanted to do was make it to the next day. That's all we wanted to do. We just right. wanted to get to tomorrow. That's all we wanted to do was get to tomorrow. That's it. And now this girl, the trach is gone, the ventilator is gone. Just speech issues. She's still learning how to talk, but. He's going to be five years old in just a few weeks here, and wow, unbelievable! Praise the Lord! Yes, praise
2: God for that one. And I love following you, Sam, on Facebook and seeing the girls. Just how they've grown over the years, and uh, your beautiful wife Angela as well. And so, thank you for sharing that with us. It it gives us encouragement, and it seems like you get the most hearts and likes for uh, Susan. We're we're just all have been rooting for her over these years and praying for her. And so, thank you for sharing, giving us a glimpse into that.
3: Yeah, that's (laughs) my. Social media can be used for good, and not so good. And I'll tell you what—that has been amazing to have so many people praying for our daughter. I mean, just to give you an example, after about six months, I was, "I was—it was up one of those nights. Susan wasn't sleeping, and she's on the ventilator, and she had to be suctioning all the time." I said, "Hey, just a quick roll call. Let's see who's actually praying for Susan." And I just hit upload. You know? On oh Facebook. wow! Uh, bing, 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 all around the world. I think prayer the Lord. So that's our power of social media.
2: Yes. Well, if people wanted to connect with you on social media, where can they find you?
3: Well, you can check me out at Sam Crowley, just like it sounds. Facebook, just post uh, forward slash Sam Crowley. Or on Instagram, at everyday is Saturday.
2: Yeah, every day is Saturday. And we also have a 30-minute power call that we are raffling off to all of our listeners. Sam is going to help you get clear on your messaging and so much more. Make sure that you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with the keyword Saturday. That is Every Day is Saturday with Sam Crawley. And uh, we have more with Sam coming up.
1: Absolutely stay tuned. Uh, we're going to be back with Sam Crowley, the founder of Everyday is Saturday. Sounds something that like he took it right up from his daughter's lips, you know. That's a yeah. fabulous thing. So
0: stay tuned. We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Sam
1: Crowley, the owner of Every Day is Saturday. He's a speaker, an author, a business coach, and a podcaster. And Sam's motivational podcast, Every Day is Saturday, has heard over 100 countries with over 15 million downloads. Uh, Sam is uh, an early pioneer in podcasting, has launched his show back in 05. Sam rejoining us now. Um, the question I'd like to ask you, Sam, is because you came to faith back a number of years ago, um, do you have favorite Bible verses or things you want to share with the audience?
3: I do. I, I You know, I love, there's so many great verses that, that resonate with me. Uh, Galatians one ten. I it really resonates with me, because what we just talked about previously, is, it says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, mm. or am I trying to please people? If right. I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ.
1: Ah, That's a great one.
2: How does that play into to what you share and talk about on your podcast or on social media, Sam?
3: Because I was so, for so much of my life, I was trying to please people. Mm -hmm. you know i was so worried about the opinions of other people they shaped how i talked how i thought what i did how i got up in the morning you know and now um it's just it's the opposite of that and it's because i think when you walk in faith and you walk with christ seeking the approval of other people is just not important and it's 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 a work in progress because i still find myself you know i'm a speaker you know so i speak on stages and when you're on that stage you want people to like you. It's not like you don't care if somebody's sitting there snoring in the front row, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you do want to also check yourself every day and say, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I doing this to glorify God? And I catch myself a lot still say, is this really going to glorify God? Like if I say this or something I did, I always reflect back. Am I trying it? And, and, and I'm always loving the dove, And I'm always stepping in it. And I say the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I do the wrong thing. And I think that didn't glorify God at all. But I think when you read Galatians one, that first, you know, one ten, you know, I'm not here to serve other people. I'm here to serve Christ. And that's why I volunteer at the church and do the, you know, the pro presenter and the PowerPoint and things like that. It's so, it seems so little and so insignificant, but for me, it's a big deal. To volunteer at church, you know, because yeah. I'm do I'm, I'm pl- I, I, I could be doing a lot of things that are not to glorify God. So to do something only for a couple hours on a Sunday morning helps keep me in check with that.
1: Yeah. And you touched on me also. When you're doing your public speaking, do you uh, ever reference your, your faith at all or, or maybe a scripture verse or anything like that? Or is that too far out you there? Know, you know, it's
3: funny. If you look at every motivational speaker on the planet, from Tony Robbins to Les Brown to Zig Zig, they all quote the Bible. Yeah. Now, none of them will tell you they are quote the Bible because it it needs to look like this well dressed up. Well, Zig Zig was different. Yeah, it,
1: Zig is. Yeah.
3: But when you when when you hear people on the main stages, they are quoting the Bible all the time. They're talking about faith, uh, you know, faith that can't be never been tested, can't be trusted, and all these different things, and so. I do quote the Bible, but I dress it up a little bit so people don't think that there's this Bible thumper coming at them. We all got to repent right now and do this. (laughs) But it's funny. When you speak and you just use basic principles like the one I just shared, you know, why would you go out there seeking the approval of other people? You know, that's a Bible verse. Maybe i will leave out we need to serve Christ, but... Everyone's like, oh, wait, I get it, man, I get it. And these people aren't even Christians, and they're, like, cheering it up.
1: Well, it's certainly John Maxwell has made a living doing it, so, you know, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. talk about a speaker, yep. it's out there. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, Sam, yeah. what words of wisdom would you have given your younger self knowing what you know now?
3: Boy, take chances. Kansas, don't be so afraid. Don't be so afraid that you're going to fail. Don't let, because fear and faith can't live in the same head. They just can't do it you know, one's going to win. And if you have faith, I'm not saying it's always going to work out, but if I could take my 30 year old self, I'm 51 years old. Now, if I could take my 30 year old self, grab them by the lapels and say, look, have faith, you know, quit worrying about what other people think and all that negative self-talk going in your mind, have a little faith. That this thing's going to work out, man. It's not going to, it's not that big a deal. And it's not going to work out the way you want it to. That's another thing mm, I would yeah. tell myself is quit Quit putting your own spin on how this story goes, and it it needs to work out this way. God's going to have it work out, but it's going to be the way he wants it to work out for his kingdom and to glorify him, not to glorify Sam. That's just not the way it's going to work.
1: Yeah. You know, Sam, obviously with what you're doing, the authorship speaking and all that, uh, who would you say inspires you?
3: Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, Wow. There's so many influential people that have you know, really had me, I'd say, first of all, my wife watching what she did with Susan, because when, you know, my wife, you know, we have four daughters and right now. They're 18, 14, 13, and four, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of work, man. That's a lot of work. Right. So <laughs> when, when you have a wife who has a, you know, we have our child that came home from the hospital after nine months and then she slept on the couch and we took turns kind of tag teaming and cause we didn't have at home nursing at the time. And to watch her raise three beautiful young daughters, and a nine-month-old child on a ventilator, my wife is, and she is, she's a Christian who just walks the walk. You never, I mean, she never has to utter a word, and, and I think that's probably the biggest compliment I could pay somebody, is that when you just watch them, yeah. you know they're right with yeah. God. And I think my wife has probably been one of the biggest inspirations, I've ever, because I've been around her for so long, for the last 23 years. I'm always trying to mirror what she does and her love for the Lord. Yeah.
1: That's great. Well, you probably, you, you uh you know, married outside your punt coverage, it sounds like.
3: Oh, I way out my coverage. Way out my coverage.
2: Well, Sam, yeah. what do you do to encourage the people that you serve? How do you encourage them?
3: Well, I think the left, everybody's got a message, you know, and I think there's a big, you know, there's a, t- turning that mess into a message is key. You know, and I think if we, if we look at the hardships, I try to encourage people because a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't believe this happened. I, you know, this is going to set me back. And I, I said, well, not so fast, man, not so fast. I think it's important to realize that for example, the whole reason, I think there's, there's two halves to the equation of why every day Saturday was launched. My daughter Madeline asking daddy is tomorrow Saturday and my dad leaving when I was three months old to leaving my mom to raise eight kids by herself, you know? Mm. And so, my mom raised eight kids in Bradford, Pennsylvania, you know, population 8,000 people. I don't know how she did it. I mean, I, don't, I have no idea how she did it. I'm a nurse's salary. She never made more than about ten grand a year. And I think where my dad left when I was three months old, that helped me because all I ever wanted to be was a dad. That's all I ever wanted to be because I knew what it felt like not to have a father figure in your life growing up. And I always wanted to be that for my daughter. So to encourage people, I say, hey, don't poo-poo this whole thing that's gone wrong in your life. Use that to harness the power of how you're going to help other people and how you're going to serve down the road.
2: Wow, that's powerful. I mean, even you, you share our story, your story with the bankruptcy, with, you know, uh, the the challenges with Susan. Yeah, all of that. And and how has that turned out to be a blessing to other people?
3: Yeah, well, see, the good news is, I've got a lot of dumb things I've done that I can go back (laughs) to and use as uh, really some great some great ammunition for my presentation mm-hmm. on how to get over it. With Susan, I, I didn't realize being so authentic on the Internet was – first of all, I had no idea how many people were following the story until I'd meet people out and about at events or they'd send me emails. And they're all like, God, I can't believe how much you share. You're just so transparent. I'm like, it's no big deal for us. Why wouldn't we share? Like, why wouldn't we share this good news with people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, why, and And with the good news comes the struggle. You know, it's not like everything is. You know, so many people try to make out. It's like I tell my daughters, I go, "Hey, it's not that people on Instagram have a better life than you got. They're just better photographers."
0: All right, yeah. So let's,
3: <laughs> let's, let's make sure we get let's make sure we get that straight right now. That's so true.
0: Right?
3: You know, serving other people with our story about Susan and the bankruptcy and challenges and all of this stuff helps people realize, geez. My life ain't so bad. I mean I'm not getting up at three in the morning to try to suction a kid or a kid on a ventilator or a trach or a G tube. We're feeding her through a G tube still she's five years old. But we don't we, we complain about five percent of the time and we praise God ninety five percent of the time. I think that really stocks people and encourages them and blesses mm-hmm. them and keeps them going too.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: That transparency and authenticity is definitely a key to all this. And and again, do you do you view your your business as a ministry?
3: I do now. I never did, but I do now. I'd say over the past three or four years, especially since we've had Susan come home from the hospital, from Cincinnati, and by the way, how lucky are we to have one of the number top two, top three children's hospitals in the world in our backyard here? I mean, that's no coincidence either, you know. But I view it as a ministry over the past four or five years because I see the impact it's had on other people, uh, being bold in my faith and praising God when we have accomplishments. I mean, here's a quick example. I'll just share another one with you. We went in after Susan was about a month old, And she was going to have to have open heart surgery because she had a hole in her heart. Mm. On top of everything else, they said, "Oh, and here's another thing: we want to prepare you. She's going to have to have open heart surgery." Like, oh, how much more can we take? So we go in on a Saturday morning, and they go, "Hey, don't know why, don't know how, but just going to let you know the hole closed on its own. No idea. Wow. Wow, exactly. Wow, and we're like, we know how." Thank you, God. Thank God. Every time Susan had several brain bleeds, they call them, and all of those healed. I mean, she could have been blind, and she had a perfect eye test. I mean, it was just—and so we would come back on Facebook and share that and say, praise report, praise report, a whole—you tell me how a hole in the heart just closes that that, that, that's not supposed to close. I mean, that's crazy.
2: Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. Beautiful. (laughs) Well, Sam, we want to come back and make sure that we share even more about Every Day is Saturday. Um, You've given us a glimpse into your life, and and we want to know also this other aspect, which is the business. Can you tell our listeners just briefly, what is this 30-minute power call that you're giving away to um, some of our listeners?
3: Yeah, I would love it. It's an opportunity for, I'll call you on my cell phone. I'll get the number uh, from you guys, and we'll get on the phone and we'll strategize you. I'm sure you got a million dollar message, a service, a product that you can get out there and share and bless people with and turn your own everyday, a Saturday uh, ministry or message into some sort of uh, purpose driven uh, business and movement that you can launch yourself. So we'll get it all in 30 minutes. We'll figure out what that movement looks like.
2: Yeah. Make sure you check out Sam at everydayisaturday.com. He also has a podcast out there. And also text us at the studio to 224-404-1988. And the keyword is Saturday. You will be entered to win this 30-minute power call with Sam Crowley.
1: Well, I hope you guys are out there are really getting a lot of enjoyment out of this uh, interview with Sam. Obviously, you can bring, hear his energy and what he's out there
0: doing, and, and he considers a ministry. So we're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're
1: back here with our special guest, Sam Crowley of Every Day is Saturday. I love the name, Sam. And he's a speaker, an author, and a business coach, and a podcaster, a very big podcaster. He's heard in over 100 countries, and he's had over 15 million total downloads Man, this guy's my hero. You know, we have this our own podcast, by the way, that's out there on Faith Marketplace uh, that you can go out and check out for the last six years, all the podcasts. We're six, well, close to 600 interviews. Hey, Sam, let's get a little bit more into every day of Saturday and some of the things you're doing out there. So if you could, uh, you got several different things you're doing. Obviously, you're a podcaster. So what started all that and what kind of the subjects are that you focus in on on your podcast?
3: Well, the podcast started just because I, this is literally what I did. I went on Google, and how can you make money with no money? That's what I typed <laughs> to Google. So uh, that was 15 years ago or so. And up came, you know, I found my way down the rabbit trail podcasting. So I created these audios. I put them out on iTunes. Uh, at the time, there was probably less than 3,000 podcasts on iTunes at the time. Now there's over 700,000 podcasts. Wow. On iTunes. So that would give, give you an idea of when I started pretty much, you know, in the dinosaur age of it. And so the only thing I wanted to do at the time, I wanted to be a speaker and I enjoyed, you know, I think when people, that's why I, I, I always try to, people say, what should I do? What should I do? How, well, what do other people tell you that you're good at? You know, people used to tell me, Hey man, you're a, you know, you're an inspiring dude. Like when I'm around you, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty jacked up. Like I could run through a wall and I said, well, that's, that's good. And a few people used to tell me that, and say, I don't know if you're, you're just full of it or if you really believe this stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but you're motivating. So I said, okay, well, why don't I try to be a speaker? And that's kind of how it started. So I teach people part of what I do in my business, really the essential foundation of my entire business is to monetize your message, make hmm. a message that, that that's unique. The problem is Bob and, and Jennifer, a lot of people don't think they're unique, which is sad. You know, they think that, well, nobody wants to hear my story or that's not really neat what I do, or, you know, someone's already done it before. If that, that, I mean, that's not the point. Everyone's probably already done every, every Podcasted before, <laughs> excuse me, but, you know, your unique message and your, you know, where you've been and the experiences you have, that really sets you apart. So that's, that's probably the foundation of everything I teach is how to really get a unique message and how to monetize that.
1: Hmm. Are there any favorite subjects when you are doing speaking uh, that people gravitate towards or that you found are more popular than others?
3: I think everybody loves the entrepreneurial dream. I really uh, do. Whether okay. they it or you know, eight out of ten people here in America don't like their job. Which mm-hmm. is bad. Right. You know, um, they feel like they feel like they're just they're not doing what their purpose is. It just it's not a good fit. You know, flip that, and it could. I mean, you could say our country's operating at twenty percent efficiency. I mean, if you really want to try to flip that number, but so a lot of people are intrigued by entrepreneurship now. Whether they are intrigued enough to make the leap, that's a whole different ballgame. Right. But I I teach I teach and I train a lot about how to go after your dream to become an entrepreneur. I'm not talking about writing a business plan. I'm just take, first of all, allow yourself to dream a little bit. Second of all, what's just the first step, just the first step you can take. You know, if you want to open up a coffee shop or you want a website or do something online with e-commerce, what's the first step you can take that's not intimidating? And then take the next step and then the next one and just start creating something that really, everybody, you need it, I need it, we all need it, and that's momentum. So I teach people how to create that.
1: Yeah. How are you feeling about the movement? I mean, there's been a big movement over the last decade and a half towards entrepreneurialism. Are you seeing that out there, too?
3: Uh, for entrepreneurship? Yeah. Yeah. I think more and more now, because especially because of the online businesses. I mean, you could throw up a, an e-commerce store and start selling things. I mean, you look at eBay and Amazon. You know, yeah. you could... You could you, I mean, you could start up an Amazon store and literally, I don't even know if people realize how blessed we are right now uh, in the world that we live in, that you could throw up a virtual shingle on the internet and Amazon or eBay, for example, or drop shipping and anything and, and, and make money within 30 days. I mean, that was unheard of 20 years ago. So right. I think, I don't even know if we know how lucky we are, but I think there's a huge move towards the online business world now because people are starting to realize, wow, I can do this part-time. Like, I can still keep my job. My boss doesn't need to know I'm doing this, and I can do this at night or in the morning.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Are those mainly the people that you serve, Sam, people who are working that nine-to-five, but they want to transition out of that?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm currently I have a a client who's a nurse out in San Francisco. Um, I have another client who's an at-home mom in Philadelphia. I have another gentleman who's working in the corporate gig in Texas, so... All over the board, but mainly, yeah, people that are in the nine-to-five. And, and usually it hits us right around our mid-30s into the 40s that, wow, this is it, huh? Okay. Yeah. Um, I got fig- to figure something else because I'm not seeing my family. Uh, I've got corporate orphans at home, practically. Yeah. I'm leaving my spouse to raise them. I'm giving my direct reports at the office, all my good stuff, all of my great time, and I'm giving the direct reports at home, zero. They're getting all the leftovers. Mm. And that's when they come to me. And And I'm not even saying I have all the answers. What I am saying is that people come to me when they're stuck. And I just try to get that move from point A to point B to create momentum. That's it.
2: That's so good. I remember yeah. when the idea and the concept of coaching hit me, I was about one year in. I was doing copier sales right out of college. And I did that for six years. And then I chased after the dollar in the, and then went into wholesale lending. And then the market tanked in 2007. And I, but, you know, I kept sitting on my gifts and blessings for about 13 years before I launched Sales from the Heart. And, you know, I needed that guidance. I, a coach still needs a coach. Right. Other people out there need somebody like you, Sam, um, to to be able to take that next step forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, just a curiosity question, Sam, what's been some of the most challenging questions you've been asked?
3: Oh, boy. Um, I think from a business perspective, the challenging question is, hey, why am I not making money yet? I've been doing this for two years, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And you don't. And again, it's God's timing. I don't Mm -hmm. know the answer to that. Because you can go from a business perspective, and you can tweak this, and you can tweak that, and you can brand this and brand that. But I think there's also this false assumption that you know, once I decide, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, then I'm I'm just going to start making money because God wants me to make money. You know, God wants me to be rich and He wants me to prosper. Well, look, the other part of it is you can use whatever statistic you want, four out of five businesses fail in the first year, and if you're lucky to be one of those that make it, nine out of ten fail in the next five years, and if if you're lucky to make it, that doesn't even mean you're making any money. So I think, you know, people if, you know, the good news is you can go online on the internet, for example, very low barrier to entry and start making money right now. The bad news is you also have to have that commitment and that drive that you had in that corporate gig. You got to probably have a. Here's the good news you're your own boss. The bad news is you're your own boss.
1: Yep. So, <laughs> you know yeah, we deal with that all the time. So.
2: Yeah.
3: Exactly. You, you know, you work from home. The refrigerator's not far away. The TV's not far away. You want to go for a walk, go drive to Starbucks. Grab a, you know, it's only 20 minutes here. It's only 20 minutes there. And right. before you know it, it's four in the afternoon. You got nothing done.
2: Right. Yeah, Sam, and especially when you throw in three senior dogs that need to go uh, potty every <laughs> <Yeah>. hour, <laughs> that's what I'm dealing yeah. with right now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody, you know, <laughs> not about that. yeah. People don't really realize how hard entrepreneurship is. I mean, I've done a lot of coaching and a lot of business development over the years, and one of the things I've always encouraged, uh, you know, people that do want to go into entrepreneurship, it's not, it's way different than corporate, especially like you said, you know, these recovering corporate people. And number 2 is that you better have if you have a spouse or a significant other, you better have them in the boat because you can't burn the candle on oh, both yeah. ends. They've got to be very supportive of you and I I give that kind of wisdom to people all the time because I've seen it over and over and over again, you know. Yeah. Uh, whether you're buying a job through a through a franchise or something else, you know, yeah. so.
2: So Sam, how do you balance that out with um, your wife and your four daughters?
3: I'm not sure I do. <laughs> 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 I don't know. But I think I do a good job because with my daughters, I drive them to school every day. So that's mm. that's really some great time in the car, and I've been doing it since my oldest child was in first grade. So uh. that was that was 12 years ago, and I know you know they're always like, "Dad, not another motivational talk." Dad, don't do it. And by the way, once I didn't realize this either. Once they become teenagers, I'm not allowed to yell, "Love you!" out the door anymore. <laughs> right. yeah. So. There's different things that I, I did, I'm starting to realize you know, as, as you go through these different stages of life. But I balance it because, again, the good news is, and being an entrepreneur and, and just myself working from home, you're in charge of your own schedule, so I don't have to be anywhere unless it's on my schedule that I create in the morning. So I drive my daughters to school, pick yep. them up at the end of the day. You know, We'll go for ice cream just for an hour here or there, and I think that's the quality time. When you add all of that up cumulatively, that's a lot of quality time with your kids versus – rushing home, you know, on your lunch hour to catch him in a dance recital that you're on your your iPhone answering emails and you're distracted. I try to make sure that when I'm with with my kids or I'm with my wife, I'm present. I'm not saying I'm perfect. wife likes it. Hey, Mr. Saturday (laughs) guy, put the phone away. Okay. (laughs) Right here. But I will say that I've, I've tried my hardest to be present with the people in my life and my family. So I make that time really quality time, you know? That's great.
1: Hey, Sam, can you name one thing that most people don't know about you or would think was interesting, funny, or amazing, or cool?
3: Well, I said it, I think, in our first segment there, but I'm an ex-stutterer. Ah. So I'm a, I'm a speaker, but I, I stuttered terribly as a child. And up until my teenage years, I still used and I'm talking about hopping up and down on one leg. I used to call – I'd call buddies of mine on the phone, and I couldn't – I remember their mom would answer the phone, and I remember a friend of mine named – his name was Mike. And she said, go, Hello? I'd be like, is, mm, and I couldn't even say his name. I had to hang up and I was sweating mm. wow. and I was embarrassed and I was like, just, I was so mad. And it was just like, you know, one day I was like, I'm not going to stutter anymore. And I still do. I'll still stammer or stutter, but not nearly as bad as I used to. And I wow. use that again to inspire people say, look, if I'm on stages and I'm a podcaster with 15 million downloads and I'm an ex stutterer certainly you can take, your mess that you've got in your past and turn that into a great message. I keep saying that same phrase because I just try to have people live through what I've done on on a very small scale, nothing earth shattering. But yeah, a lot of people wouldn't realize that I couldn't really even speak at all.
2: Wow, that's amazing. I would love people to connect with you and find out how you were able to overcome that. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you?
3: If you go to everydaysaturday.com, and uh, there's a free there's a free audio there called The Power of a Dream. You can also connect with me. Uh, you'll get that audio. Check me out on Instagram, at everyday Is, Saturday is uh, I'm always on there.
2: That's great. And make sure that you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with the keyword Saturday, and you're going to be entered to win a 30-minute power call with Sam. We're going to help you get clear on your messaging. He's got all kinds of great stuff to give you there on that call. It's definitely worth it. Make sure you text us.
1: Hey, listen, you got to stay tuned, and also check
0: us out on our website, faithmarketplace.com. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back
1: here for our final segment, and that is uh, wonderful scriptures out of... uh, uh, Proverbs for Business by Steve Marr. Uh, keep Steve in his prayer. He's having some health issues, but this is a wonderful devotional book. And I encourage you to go out there and check it out online. It's a five-day-a-week devotional that really addresses work issues. And today it's going to be, Do You Keep a Steady Course at Work? From the Scripture, Let Us Run with Endurance the Race That is Set Before Us, Hebrews 12, 1. So Sam, it seems like this is keeping in the theme of our show today. So you're giving expert advice out there for entrepreneurs and encouragement, and everything like that. How do you how do you keep a steady course yourself?
3: Well, I try to. I think one of the great pieces of advice that was given to me a long time ago was to really chunk stuff down. You know, mm-hmm. when you're given when you given a tall task, a project to complete, or you know, for me it might be developing a course. Like I sell courses online, whether it's, you know how to speak or how to develop your message or. Of something called the everyday Saturday Academy. When you're when you're creating out, you know, four weeks of content and there's five videos every week, looking at that could be like, Oh my gosh, how am I ever gonna get But I, I said, Hey, I'm going to get one video recorded today. That's it. Just one a day. Mm-hmm. And I also like this principle, one ninety sixth of a day, there's 96 15 minute increments in a day. Hmm. And you could do a lot in 15 minutes, Bob. I mean, you could do a lot in 15 minutes. And I record a podcast. It takes it's about a 10-minute show. I go to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, grab a large coffee. Would you believe this? I don't think anybody, I, I, I should have mentioned this earlier, 15 million downloads of a podcast I do in my car from a Kroger parking lot every day. <laughs> you know? And that totally demystifies that, you know, you need this great podcasting studio and all this expensive equipment. I do it on my smartphone.
2: Bob's laughing Kroger over here because he thought you had like a mega studio. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, I love it. Now, I have a Dunkin' Donut coffee in my hand and a, and a, and a cell phone, and I'm in a Kroger, the same Kroger parking lot every day. <laughs> and it goes out to... And I, it goes out to 100 countries. And it, it's still what I learned that from, from a mentor of mine way back in the day that there's 96 15-minute increments in a day. So I do my podcast in one of those 15-minute increments. I do those courses I talk about. I think, okay, what can I get done in 15 minutes? And be done. And chunk it down. Chunk it down. Chunk it down. Because if you look at a project that's really huge to do, you'll never get going because it just looks too hard and too big. Yeah, you know, well, and,
2: yeah, and so basically anybody can get started with this is what you're saying if you do it in smaller increments, correct? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean you just look at it like that. Like what mm-hmm. can you do with fifteen minutes or thirty minutes? Yeah. A lot. I'll tell you a lot. Because that starts to right.
2: build up at the end of the month. Yeah. yeah. That's that's yeah. I think now, over fifty hours or so. Exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. But you know, stay off social media. You know, get, turn your phone off. I mean, I I got to mention that too because you know, don't check email or anything like that. Make sure you're focused.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I know. It's kind of the guidance I try to do, and also uh, when people's energy is the highest. You know, what time of day is that? A lot yeah. of people don't realize. You know, they're they're you know in a higher performance state certain times of the day through their biorhythms and everything else. Yeah. Or, Are are we going
2: to change the airing of the show then? Because mine is not at its peak (laughs) (laughs) performance. Hey, come on. Hey, I feed off of your energy, though. Bob's got enough for both of us here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Sam, so let's say somebody um, wants to get going and they just haven't been able to accomplish something. They keep getting stuck. Like, how do you help them move through that?
3: Well, I don't think people appreciate really smaller wins. We all want the big win, right? We want the yeah. cash register to win, ring, or we want a trophy of some sort. We want that recognition. But you know, small wins. When you add those up over a long period of time, you know, if you let's talk about—I know we were talking off there about writing a book. You know, everybody mm-hmm. wants to write a book, and they're still they're still working on that book. You know, 10, ten, fifteen years. You know, but if you wrote one page a day, after a month, you'd have a thirty-page book. Now, right. there's some books on Amazon that are selling for ten bucks that are thirty pages long. Okay, yeah. if you wanted to write a book that was a hundred pages, you and you wrote two pages a day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. After fifty days, you'd have that hundred-page book. I think again, if you're gonna plow through that stuff, you got to celebrate the small wins. So if I wrote two pages, I'd be done for the day. I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing.
2: And I that think I think anybody can do that, especially if they oh, have a yeah. full time job, right? Because what I hear from my clients is that they're tired. If they're if they are working a full time yeah. job and they're trying to transition out of that, they're tired and they don't have the energy and then the weekend comes around, they wanna relax. And some people lose focus when they when they're just exhausted, right? But you're basically saying, Hey, do an hour yeah. and you'll have that book, thirty pages. I think
3: Bob mentioned earlier too. Your peak state for me when I was in the corporate game, I was trying to launch this business. I got in the office at five in the morning because everybody else got in at seven. So I'm in my peak state in the morning. I'm no good in the afternoon. I don't really schedule any coaching calls in the afternoon. I certainly don't podcast in the afternoon. I do that in the morning. And so when I was in the corporate game, I'd get in really early in the morning. I had the copy machine to myself, the fax machine, the phones. Nobody was around to bother me. I got so much done between. 5 and 7 a.m. over the course of a 20-day work month, 20 days at work, guys, that's 40 hours of focus. You can get, I mean, 40 hours is so much. Over three months, that's 120 hours. You tell me, if you focus for 120 hours straight for three months, how much do you think you could get done? Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think scheduling is another thing that I heard there, too. We have to schedule it and put it on our calendar. How do you manage that, Sam?
3: well, I schedule everything else first, like families and trips and school and everything that we got to do with personally with the kids first. And then I work around it. And look, there's going yeah. to be some sometimes, especially as a business owner, you're going to have to work at certain times of the day that you don't want to work. You have to do some of the things you don't want to do, but welcome to being a business owner. You yeah. know, like that's what you need to do. But the payoff is you get to manage for the most part, your own schedule. And I'm telling you right now, i just my own personal perspective, I've been in the employee game. I've been an entrepreneur now 15 years. There's no better, no better opportunity right now than to go for your dream. And the climate is great for it. The support is out there online. Everything is figure outable from YouTube to Facebook. Ask questions, get your answers. And right now, I'm telling you, that, that, that it's never been set up better for somebody who wants to go for their dream.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I, I use the equation 1,466 seconds in a, in a day. And it's like putting in your bank account a $1,466,000 and you got to spend it by the end of the day. And we call that, yeah. we frame it out as return on the investment of time. So I, I think yeah. that brings it home It starts to focus a little bit more that that re- return on the investment, like you said, I love it. 15 minutes, you know, uh, you, you're putting on a podcast in less than 15 yeah. minutes, you know.
2: Well, I can see all of us here, we love being entrepreneurs, Bob, right. myself, <laughs> and Sam. But what if somebody is looking to make that leap, uh, Sam, how can they get in touch with you?
3: Well, they can go to everydayisaturday.com and uh, you can certainly put in name, e- email. You can email me. I mean, look, you can always send me an email, sam at com, or you can, uh, if you're on Instagram, at everydayissaturday, I'm always on there. You can send me a DM on there as well. So I'm, I'm very easy to get a hold of online, so uh, I'm not hiding anywhere, and That's I would great. love I would love to help people. That's my mission in this life, is to help people make every day Saturday. I
2: love it. And then can you tell us a little bit more about this power call that people have a chance to win?
3: Yeah, that's 30 minutes with myself and that individual. And we're going to strategize, and it's going to be high level. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be inspiring. I want to find out your story. I want to hear about you. I want to hear what makes you feel makes you unique. We all have it. We all have that unique DNA inside of us. And by the end of that 30 minutes, we're going to pull that out. And I'm going to give you three, at least three specific strategies that you can start right now to create momentum with that. Oh, that's fabulous.
1: Yeah, that sounds
2: really valuable. So make sure that you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988 with the keyword Saturday, and you will be entered to win. And we have a few of those to give away, Sam, right? Not just one.
3: Oh no, you, However many you want. Give 'em
1: away.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, we value your time too. <laughs>
3: yeah. Hey, listen,
1: again, Faith Marketplace Radio every Saturday noon to one o'clock. Get out and check out our website, please. We have all the podcasts out there, almost six hundred of you know, people that we've interviewed. Over six years now. We're coming up in six years. I can't believe it. Yeah. I think at radio time that it equates to dog years, you know, seven years <laughs> each radio year. But uh, yeah, and you can we check us out good. on
2: SoundCloud yep. as well, and check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Yep. We're in the process of growing all that, but make sure that you stay tuned. We have uh, even more exciting events coming up in the fall for our apologetics, yeah, in person and virtually.
1: Okay, just get out there, check us out again. Bob and Jennifer here at AM eleven sixty. Hope for your life,
0: Faith Marketplace every Saturday noon to one o'clock.